What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. All right. So I want to thank you all for taking the time to join me on the Season with Salt podcast. I am Dominique Bomonte. I am your host. And I'm starting a new segment called What's Up Wednesdays, where I... I communicate with you about what is going on uh, in the world and a whole bunch is going on in the world, y'all. Like, folks are crazy, stuff is crazy, but the good thing for those who believe in Jesus Christ is that he is in control. So rest in that because a lot of folks are uh, falling by the wayside, going crazy, uh, unsure, uncertain about what to do next, and God gives us peace. He gives us that shalom that helps us to um, withstand and to experience and to endure uh, hardness as a good soldier. Okay, so we've got a lot to talk about, and um, first I'm just going to talk about some stuff that's in the news that I just like. Um, so... In case you do not live in California, California has just completed a recall election. And that recall election came as a result of 1,719,900,100 people deciding that they wanted to see a new governor. And this particular recall election cost the state of California. I mean, I almost got to like brace myself. Like, so these 1.7 million people cost taxpayers of the state of California 276. Let me make sure I got my number right. Cause I'm going to say a million or thousand. It's too much money y'all. It's, it's too much money. And get my number right though, because I don't want to be saying what it don't cost. But it's too much money. Yes, $276 million is how much it costs for this fake recall election that we just had. And the funny thing is that people were really seriously concerned about whether Gavin Newsom California's governor would survive this election. And a part of it is because people are crazy. And, but I started doing some math because I feel like people would be quiet and or more likely to put their money where their mouth is if they were required to pay some money in order to just, I think it's, it's a cowardly, um, you know, way to kind of throw a rock and hide your hand to have the opportunity to simply sign your name on something. And then because you sign your name along with a million other people, like $276 million gets to be spent to do a completely unnecessary recall, right? That we just had to go, we, we just had to endure. So if 1.7 million people 
voted for this recall. I did a little bit of math. And here's how this math goes. So you take the 276 uh, million. I hope my math is right. hope my math is right. If you take the $276 million that it costs for this election and you divide it by the, my math must not be right, by the 1719900 whatever it is, my math tells me that's about $160.47 per person who put their signature on that paper. I want our money. I want our money. I want our time back. I want our money. I want um, to be uh, reimbursed for the time that the amazing black woman reparations champion secretary of state Shirley Weaver put into all, all her time, her talent, her treasure, all of the people in her office. We want our money. You owe us at least $160.47, and I want it. I just want, I just feel like that you owe us some money. That is terrible, y'all. But I think it's a, it's a, it, it's a, it's also a clear message to other states that might be in the same position. It is a clear message to people who don't believe in science. It is a clear message that you cannot allow your emotions to get in the way of what it takes to kill a pandemic. And I'm not a fan of everything that the governor did, naturally, right? I can see perspectives from a large group of people around, like what could have been done better, what was done wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, we should be ashamed of ourselves for, a, for not, like, like for wanting to just throw somebody away for their uh, pursuit to protect us. Like, come on. I'm, I mean, it just frustrates me. And then on top of that, Larry Elder? Larry Elder. Um, Caitlin J. Who? I just, the Republicans should be embarrassed of themselves. They should be embarrassed of themselves because the people that they choose, the people that carry the banner of Republicanism, Larry Elder, Caitlyn Jenner, him, Caitlyn Jenner, Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm one of those people that's easily embarrassed. So I'm embarrassed for y'all. How? How? How can, How did y'all let this happen? You be you talking about an epic fail? You talking about an Ohio State University? Uh, the Ohio University uh, uh, football team of politics. That is the epic fail that the Republican Party is. Because when they said to themselves, we are going to recall the governor 
and we are going to get the most qualified, the most competitive candidates to be his replacement, they found Caitlyn Jenner, him, and Larry Elder. Listen, I know some kids that would do a better job. I'm going to move on because that's going to upset me. Hey, so everybody's talking about like the power and the impact and the efficacy of all these um, uh, vaccinations. And, you know, what are we going to do next? And it's so funny because I was reading uh, in, on, on the Fox News channel, not because I agree with their politics, but because they happen to uh, pin the article that I found interesting. Well, Apple uh, News found the article. But um, they said this about Moderna. Um, they said Moderna Inc. has released a set of data which suggested its COVID-19 vaccine is effective in preventing serious health issues or death from variants of concern, that's in quotations, but admitting that the efficacy decreases over time, such as, such that those who received the vaccine last year were twice more likely to contract a breakthrough case of the coronavirus. So in other words, the farther, the longest away that you got Moderna, the more likely that you are um, to be vulnerable to a new variant, right? This is Moderna admitting that. And sometimes I wonder, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer in any way, shape, or form. Like, I just believe that people should do what they need to do to protect themselves. I believe that people should trust science. I believe that people should trust the God in science. I also believe that we should not make idols of our body so that we shouldn't be like, well, I don't, I'm not putting that in my body. I think that we should be careful with that, especially Christians. But I also sometimes believe that some of this data, some of this information comes out to kind of make people, like the timing of this, some of this data is always funny to me, right? Like it's time to get a booster shot and then all of a sudden Moderna is like, well, we did some research and we found out that if you got it last year, that it might not protect you against certain things. Okay, great. So what we need, what we need, and I think this is something that, 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 that individual people have to do, right? Because I think that sometimes we put too much stake and hope. And I know I just said that it's, we trust, we should trust scientists. I got that, but we put too much hope in medicine and science to the extent that we let ourselves off the hook when it comes to our own health, right? I was at the doctor today, full disclosure, I was at the doctor today and my doctor was telling me, if you don't get this particular area of your life under control, brother, you are going to be either on the other side of a heart attack or on the other side of a stroke or on the other side of whatever or you're going to be stuck taking medicine for the rest of your life. So, like, you're completely in control now. Like, you can take life by the handles and do A, B, and C. And I was thinking to myself, like, I could create a life for myself as a result of the choices that I make by thinking about what I can do differently. 
And I think that we need to be having that conversation with ourselves, with our doctors. I think that parents need to be doing research about vitamins and other things that they can pump into their child's body, you know, or, or into their life, right? Um, to help them uh, to make, um, you know, to help their immune system to grow and to be strong. So I'm really a proponent of like taking matters into your own hands. Like, yes, get a vaccination, especially if you feel like that that's the best thing for you and your family. Get a vaccination, get the booster shot, get everything that you need to. But also you need to break down and eat some fruits and vegetables, get off the red beet, like make some, go to the gym, get a trainer, make some decisions for yourself so that you change the trajectory of your life and you are a good steward of the body that God has given you. That's all, I'm not gonna keep, going and, and, and being worried about the research for these vaccinations. Like somebody said, oh, well, you know, if you got a blood clot, then, you know, you took Johnson & Johnson and blah, 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 blah. Listen, <laughs> I, I need the, 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 the result of a vaccination is perhaps one thing that I should be concerned about, but it's not the only thing. Oh my gosh, so many other things that I should be thinking about with regard to how I protect my body. So, Moderna, thanks for presenting the information. Thanks for talking about the efficacy of your vaccination. But also, folks, we got to get on the, we got to do the work to protect our bodies. So I got a, um, I'm moving on. I got a, a, a notification from, um, I got a notification from Apple News saying the out, that Outside Magazine has selected the top places to live. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, like top places to live in the world. That's very interesting. I think I'll look that up. Anyway, it was unavailable. And so I ended up like thinking to myself, now what magazine, because I love periodicals. I subscribe to periodicals. And I started thinking about what magazine would I care about um, their perspective on the, because I realized that as much as I do like outdoor magazine, in fact, I, um, one of the reasons why I moved to Ashland, Oregon, when I got out of undergraduate, studies is because I had read a wonderful, I think that they were listed on their list of great places to live in Ashland, Oregon. Beautiful place, loved living there, kind of. Did I love living there? Okay, I, don't, I shouldn't lie. I cannot remember whether I loved living there or not, but I lived there for a very short time, so whatever. Um, but anyway, I don't really care that much for the outdoors, although I do like water, but I'm not going hiking or fishing or anything like that. So I was like, that, what does Money Magazine say? So. Money Magazine also releases the top 50 places to live, uh, and they have been doing that for 35 years. So I'm all about my money. I'm not all about my money, but I care about my money. So I said, let me go look to see um, what they say the top 50 places to live are. And based on the photos, let me just, let me just call money.com, Money Magazine out right now. Y'all do not have enough black people in your magazine. I shouldn't even be pumping y'all up because y'all could have had one more black person in you. So I'm looking at these 50 states and I'm looking at all these pictures that they put together. Of all the 50 states that they said are the best places to live, that means they have 50 pictures, 50 articles, 50 paragraphs. Only two of them had a black person, like even in the pictures. So what I did was I said, let me go through this list and see, number one, have I ever heard of the place? Number two, uh, are there any black people in the photo to suggest that this might even be a place where black people could live? Because I'm black. Um, and then, you know, is it weird? So anyway, in the top 10, 
The only place that I could see that was of any interest to me was Scottsdale, Arizona. And the only reason why I even know about Scottsdale, Arizona, because I love football, number one. Number two, I'm actually going there tomorrow. So I will be able to confirm Money.com's assessment that Scottsdale, Arizona is one of the best places to live in the country. Anyway, so Scottsdale, Arizona, number eight. Number 14 was Lake Oswego, Oregon. I do know some black people that live in Lake Oswego, Oregon. So shout out to Lake Oswego, Oregon for being on the list. Now, is it the most friendly place for black folks to live? I don't know. I got to ask somebody because I can't remember. And I don't, I live in California. So the other place, only because way down at number two is St. Peter's, Missouri which did have a black boy, which was being embraced by a mascot of some sort. So shout out to St. Peter's, Missouri, because they must have black people there, all right? And then number 36 was Raleigh, North Carolina. And then number 43 is right up the street for me. It is Rockland, California. Now I got my thoughts about Rockland, California. Let me first say that it is a very beautiful place. Let me secondly say that it is a very conservative place. I don't know if I would up and move to Rockland if I did not live 20 or 30 minutes away and didn't know how pretty it was. First of all, I don't understand how you can ever be on the top of anybody's list for states to live in if you ain't close to an airport. Like, you got to be right up under an airport for me. So... Anyway, uh, that's that's that. I didn't see no cities that. Oh, Raleigh, North Carolina was on there. I would. I, I, I'm a. I've been to North Carolina, and I have a fascination with what it would be like to at least visit South Carolina. So anyway, I want to get to um, last week. We did not have um, Ask Dama, and um, I hadn't. I didn't. Um, so I had to go back to the questions that we had from last week because I don't want. Um, the I am Damo, not this is not I am Damo, that's a thing of the past. I don't want um, the Season with Salt podcast list listeners who uh, asked me questions last week to believe that I don't care about their questions. So I'm going to go back to their questions and nope, I don't know where that was. I got to go find that. So while I'm finding that, I will say that my friend texted me the other day and asked me, or she said that I should address on my podcast if a woman should date a man that does not have a car. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a very interesting question. I need to admit that I'm not the best person to ask this question because I'm very critical of people who don't drive. In particular, I am very critical of men who don't drive. How are you gonna lead a family? How are you gonna lead anything when you don't have the capacity to provide protection that comes as a result of your ability to get somewhere quick? I know what you're thinking. Oh, they can take over. Oh, they can, you know, just drive down the street. Oh, they can have, they can get somebody to give them a ride. I see all of that as being completely and utterly dependent on somebody else. If I, if you have children, you need a car. 
if you're a man. Because you, you don't know where you're going to have to get to quick. A pastor needs a car. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you, a business owner needs a car. And if you ain't got a car, you need a driver. You need a stable, consistent mode of transportation so that you can get to places and be places and exist places where you are needed. Now, if you're handicapped and you cannot drive, understandable. There's only certain places that you can and can't be. Got it. But just to be making the intentional decision not to have a car is weird to me. I'm sorry. I don't know what y'all think, but I'm not dating a man. But I could imagine that. And I'm not even going to shade public transportation. I think public transportation is good. It's eco-friendly. It, it, it helps the world, right? The environment. Um, it's, it's consistent. Um, public transportation. But you need a car. <laughs> I'm sorry. The thing about people that don't have a car that really annoys me is that you are so dependent on other people. And... I I I didn't have a car in college, and I like really I could be like the the pot calling the kettle black. I didn't even get my driver's license until I was like 24, 25, and so for twenty five, twenty four, twenty five years, people did drive me around. Right, the first time that I ever got behind the wheel was to take my my in person driving test because I got a job that required it. So maybe I'm you know underqualified. But let me just say it like this. If you are over 25, you need a car. Oh, I live in a state where, you know, like uh, personal transportation is not a thing. Okay, fine. But, no. Nah. If you, you need a car. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> What do y'all think? Women, would you date a guy that didn't drive a car? Men, would you date a woman who did not have the capacity to drive, could not drive, or did not have a car? Now, I understand that some people are on the come up. You got a car that broke down, you got to get another one. It's not easy to get a car, especially people of color. We struggle. We got things, so many things that are stacked against us. So I know that getting a car is not just hop, a skip, and a jump. I know cars break. I ain't talking about y'all. I'm talking about the person that's intentionally deciding that they will not drive and they will not have a car. I don't want to be led by nobody that can't walk, that can't drive. Oh. <sighs> Thank you for listening to Season with Soft, the podcast. My name is Dominique. I am your host. If you've enjoyed what you heard, um, please like, please share, please tell somebody. You can listen to the Season with Salt podcast on about 11 different platforms, the podcast platform of your choice. You can listen on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, Google Music, and so many other platforms. So please, please, please take the time to go to your platform of choice, type in Season with Salt, the podcast, and please subscribe so that you know when we are having or uh, when I, because there's only one of me. When I say we, I'm talking about me, the father, the son, and the ha-ha-ha, Holy Ghost. All right. 
so that you know uh, when we are going live so that you uh, can join in. Uh, we release three episodes per week. That is Monday. Um, we are going to we, we lay out some inspiration for the week. Wednesday is What's Up Wednesday and, and Ask Dama. And then whatever else I'm feeling at the, at the, towards the end of the week, I usually just throw something out there for y'all. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully you have enjoyed what you have heard. If you got any feedback, got any questions, got any thoughts, got any opinions, hit me up. Drop something in the comments. Appreciate y'all. And remember to let your words be seasoned with salt so that you know how to answer every man. God bless you.